Hi, I'm Wayne Jones. Welcome to Editing Writing. This is episode 20, Writing and Lying. I had the french fries yesterday from a chip truck, which is one of life's great culinary pleasures and actually one of life's great pleasures in general. <laughs> it's high on the list of uh, many things you can compare it to that don't have anything to do with food. Uh, there's some great language stuff uh, with with uh, that. Uh, one of If you've never had it, you'll never know what salt and vinegar halfway means. And of course that means that uh, when they're filling up a medium french fries they'll stop halfway put the salt and vinegar there uh, either cider or a malt and then fill it up and then put more salt and vinegar on top <laughs> it's sort of like the uh, a little lingo that that uh, you have at a chip truck uh, sort of like at starbucks when they ask uh, do you want room and of course what that means is that do you want me to not fill the coffee right the cup right up, up right full of coffee so that you can put cream or whatever you're else are going to put into it so it's it's nice i like these little uh, lingo things that go along with uh with uh, various activities in life the woman at the chip truck was quite uh, lively uh she was <laughs> i was uh, we were <clears throat> she was talking about the weather a little bit and was very chatty and uh, I, I told her uh, you know she was worried about that the weather because the weather was so warm that maybe people wouldn't want french fries anymore and I assured her that people will always want french fries and uh, she said well you know also everyone is on a diet and everything and and I said well you know I'm on a diet but you know I'm cheating you know <laughs> people that happens and uh, then that got got her to talking about uh, she was talking she, I don't know she eventually started talking about being married and relationships and stuff uh, this was pretty <laughs> I don't know how he got there when I was just trying to get french fries but then she was talking about the, you know wondering if she could make it for, for another 20 years in her relationship and I said you know well you know just treat it like the french fries just a little cheating now and then <laughs> and she she liked that and laughed at that and uh, that was that was a lot of fun it was a fun exchange and excellent french fries by the way um, some some of the people who uh, tell the truth uh, are 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 people you know the opposite of cheating this is why uh, what, what I'm getting at some of the people who tell the truth are people that you might not expect it from uh, stand-up comedians for example and the truth by the truth I don't mean uh, necessarily uh, that they're uh, you know that it's a virtue or something like that I, I mean that uh, they will often say things that everyone knows and believes but that don't get said out loud very much uh, that's one thing about uh, stand-up comedians. Uh, um, the comedian David Cross, uh, he used to be a stand-up comedian, is now more, uh, I don't know, a movie star or something. 
uh, but he used to be back in the 90s and uh, a really excellent stand-up comedian and very, very uh, definitely said what was on his mind, said hard things and really, really great. He had this has this bit in one of his performances where he says, um, <laughs> he starts off saying, he says, you know, uh, I just want to, I, I, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, just want to say this. I think, uh, you know, I'm not trying to pander or anything, but I really think that overall women are smarter than men. And then there's lots of cheering from the women in the crowd. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And then he says, uh, but I also wanted to say that uh, dogs are smarter than women. <laughs> and of course, the, 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 it all changes and some of the women start saying, oh, I'm not buying that kind of thing. And then he, he uses it to illustrate his point and he says, uh, you know what, uh, I'm just going to come out right and admit it. Uh, I... The thing I said first time, I was not telling the truth. <laughs> and then he says, uh, it's what's known as a joke. I'm going to be doing a bunch of them up here this evening. <laughs> so I, I like that sort of um, kind of mocking the idea of uh, of comedy. And also he was sort of you know mocking the idea of... of um, some much lesser comedians and most stand-up comedians are lesser than he is uh you know pandering basically to the audience or or doing sort of uh, milk toast routines that don't really tell the truth uh chris rock is another person who another stand-up comedian he has a bit about lying or one of the bits about lying where he says he equally castigates men and women he says men <laughs> It, both men and women lie. Men lie all the time, he said. For, for men, is practically a language. <laughs> and then you kind of, you know, imagine the, you know, the man who's just trying to make it through life kind of thing. And he's got to tell, you know, you just imagine sort of white lies all the time and that sort of thing. And, you know, why were you late? You don't want to say that you were at the bar. You have to say something else. And he says, you know, Men tell men lie all the time, but women tell the biggest lies. That's his his sort of shtick. And then he says, men will, you know, men will be like, you know, uh, you know, I was at the bar or whatever, or, or I, I wasn't at the bar. And he says, women will be like, um, it's your baby. <laughs> and again, this is all in the context of comedy. So, in a certain sense in a very real sense, all of it is, I mean, it's, it's a made up thing. You know, you don't, uh, people are often the people who are insulted by comedy or are offended by comedy, huh, are people who don't realize that it, it's all an act. I mean, it's all, he's performing on stage performing, you know, the, the so, but there are great things like that that come up and, uh, that's all part of it. So, I was thinking about lying today, because, not only because of the chip truck, but because of something much more serious than that. And I heard uh, a part of the news somewhere that uh, Sergei Lavrov, who's the, uh, I think he's the foreign minister in Russia, um, you know, which 
anyway, I, you, you know what they say about war and the truth, right? The, the, that, that, you know, the truth is the first casualty. And it's fascinating to me that that, it's interesting that that people would say that about, or someone made that up about war or made that comment about war. Uh, you know, why would that be something that you'd be talking about that people would start lying? Why would that be? And of course, the reason is, is that war is, is ugly. And if you had to uh, be telling the truth about what you're doing over there in the country, uh, you know, you would be castigated or taken before a court or something. You can't, it's impossible to tell the truth about it. And his, his, his today was something, or yesterday was something about that uh, even though a, um, a, uh, a, a birth clinic uh, was, was bombed, he said that it was all uh, fake news. It was, you know, the pregnant women were brought in afterwards that the building was actually abandoned and was used for storing arms or something like that. So... And I think I also heard, and I, I don't know <laughs> this, but he said that, you know, he denied that Russia has even invaded Ukraine. So <laughs> I don't know how that works. It's probably the principle where, you know, one of the other principles about lying is that if the if you're going to, if you want people to believe something, tell them the biggest lie possible. And... Uh, it's not, you know, don't tell little teeny ones because people can sort of nitpick over them, but tell the biggest lie possible. We haven't even in, invaded Ukraine. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, and uh, where this comes for to have to do anything to do with writing is that um, if you take the, the two kinds of writing, nonfiction and fiction, or you know, at least that's two convenient classes one could use, um, you know, if, if in nonfiction, uh, if we're living in a, if, if the writer is a liar for whatever reason, uh, the biases will show in the, anything they write, an article, uh, you know, a book, whatever, these things will, will show up because they will be avoiding, they will be massaging the truth, spinning, you know, the truth basically. And the, the sad thing is, is that like in the environment that we live in now, uh, which is, you know, a, an environment of wokeness and cancel culture, uh, the sad thing there is that you will not only have lying taking place uh, sort of intentionally, but you'll have self-censorship happening because people know what happens when they say a truth or they say an opinion that is against the received uh, truth, or the received perceived truth of the of the of those who are woke. Um, you know, you're you're cancelled, you're castigated, you're an outcast, basically. And that's I don't know. I'm not sure which one. I'm not sure which one is sadder. Or whether that someone is dishonest anyway, and they would be, you know, writing a skewed, spun book. Or that out of fear of being ostracized, you censor yourself. Um, and, you know, it, it's, I, I hope it's obvious what the problem is with that. You know, when your opinion is not allowed to be told, 
or when you know it's 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 very evident to you that if you say something that is not what people want to hear or is not what the prevailing uh, wisdom is then basically the whole market of ideas suffers when that happens uh, you know the predecided so-called truth will prevail in that uh, because you'll have people being silent and that's a very sad thing because if you think of writing as being you know especially nonfiction uh, you know it's right there in the it's right on there on the tin as they say nonfiction it's not made up it's not a fictional thing I'm writing something you know that's supposed to be a truth as I perceive it and if uh, if someone is telling lies that's one thing but if someone is censoring themselves that's a that's a that's that's a sad thing in it's different in fiction because fiction of course is all um, it's all made up anyway now a lot of people who uh, don't understand that and and a lot of people in the uh, in the woke culture and the the woke cult uh, don't who don't understand that will take fiction as being, you know, just as they react to stand-up comedy or they react to whatever they they think that what someone is saying is the truth. You know, basically the 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 uh, the feeling is on the part of the woke that you're not even supposed to be talking about these things, let alone saying something that's uh, offensive about them. So. Uh, but that's not true, of course. Fiction is made up. Uh, it's, 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 you know, again, <laughs> I'm looking at the tin and it says fiction. And I understand that word to mean uh, fabricated. Uh, so it's all in the context of, you know, the whole thing is, 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 a, is a made up thing. And what you'll see if, if someone is um, affected by the lie ethos in fiction in the sense that you you'd be affected in the sense that the writer can't let himself go can't let themselves go and which means to be you know unexpurgated basically you know to in style in content to say it out loud and to write it out loud what you have to say um, you know uh, if you're holding yourself back and even just setting aside the whole woke BS, uh, you know, if a writer is is kind of holding back, but they have something that's an, like an urgent thing that they need to, or they feel is, is, and this is kind of a stupid metaphor for it, but is wanting to get out of them, you know, they can't hold that back. You have to, you have to say it, you have to say it out. You have to write it down. And if you don't, uh, then your 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 fiction is going to be tepid and boring and predictable and just like the last book you read, uh, you know, sort of like the um, it seems to be like for the last uh, twenty years or however long rap has been around. Every time a car goes by that's playing rap music, it always seems to be the same song to me. And so, <laughs> I, I think that's a, a, you know that's the kind of thing that will happen with fiction if. You're censoring yourself for whatever reason, either because you fear cancellation or because, um, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Artistic bravery, whatever you want to call it. You just don't have the, 
the guts to just say what you want to say, to write it in a manner that you want to write it. And uh, that that's a, that's a really sad thing. And, of course, it applies to all the arts. Uh, film is also a place where you... Uh, where you see this sort of thing, um, you know, it's it's a it's a now a cliche to hear people say that. Uh, well, I spend more time flicking, you know, scrolling through movies on Netflix than I do actually watching movies on Netflix. And there's a reason for that. Like, when, when is just think about it? When is the last time you saw a movie that I'm going to go ahead and say it changed your life? something that affected you so much that you cried during and after, uh, and either about the content or about the style or whatever it was. Uh, I've, uh, I keep track of all the films that I see. I see about, over the past 25 years, I've, I've seen, I've averaged about seeing 120 movies every year. And there's really only a handful. Uh, I keep mathematical count of it as well. Less than 1%. Less than 1%. So out of almost 3,000 movies, there's about 25 or 30 that are movies that are just at the apex kind of thing. And that's a really sad thing. And that also is in a context where I'm trying to see a good movie. It's not as though I'm just randomly seeing anything, you know. I skip over, you know, stuff that certain actors are in, or I skip over certain genres and stuff like that. I'm actively trying to see the best things I can, and still it comes out that only 1% is really going to, uh, to change you, uh, to change me. Uh, but think about it. You know, when is the last time you saw a film that just... Uh, you can't get off your mind and maybe even five ten years later you when you think about it 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 has a spot back in your head kind of thing and it it's made a it's made an impression that that won't disappear uh can be for good or sort of for good or for bad by by which i mean that um it may be that the content was for want of a better word uplifting but it may have been that it was so dense and bad and and uh portraying something to maximum effect effect that it's just it's just one of those movies that is is uh, special and i have one of those out of those almost three thousand movies that i've seen uh there's a movie that was made in uh i'm gonna get the date wrong so i won't say it uh but there's this director named michael hanukkah and he uh did a movie called Funny Games in German, and uh, it's a mo- it's it's the most difficult movie uh, I've ever watched. And I, you know, it's it's you know, you have these these stupid um, movies that are gore movies kind of thing, and you know, people getting arms chopped off and stuff like that. That's just silliness, right? But this is. Uh, I, I, it's one of those ones where I, I like I, I'm actually planning to see it to rewatch it soon. I've seen it several times already, but I have to be you know, I have to prepare for it. It's it's just devastating to watch, uh, but the art the art of it is just uh, you know without there's not a second of falseness in it. Uh, it's a beautiful 
thing in a way, although very, very, very horrendous things happen in it, uh, content-wise. Uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, try it. It's actually, there's an interesting uh, detail about it that 10 years after the first, after it was first made in German, uh, Hanukkah actually reshot the movie shot for shot, exactly the same shots in English. Uh, and in that one, Naomi Watts plays the, the woman in it. Um, it's not quite as good as the original. Um, I'm not sure why, but uh, you know, maybe it's the acting. Uh, that could be it, but uh, the original one in German is really something to uh, really something to see, and that's a case where you have an artist. Actually, Hanukkah has made uh, several movies that have been really criticized, or people have uh, been offended by in various kinds of ways. And uh, he's had quite a career, actually, and that's an artist that uh, is letting it all out, letting it all go. Uh, and that's that's really something to witness. Really great. Um, the other thing I was thinking about uh, recently was that uh, uh, you know, in the context of thinking about lying and politics, I was thinking about that that the old saying by uh, or quotation from Aristotle that man is by nature a political animal. And I admit right off that I'm not really uh, uh, the way I think of it now is not in the way that um, that actually he meant I, I think he was meaning something along the lines of you know humans have to live together and form and work with partnerships and that sort of thing that kind of politics but I always think of it as meaning I always think of lying when I think of that that saying I remember when I first heard it years and years ago before I knew anything about Aristotle not that I know uh, a ton about Aristotle now. I, I thought I never quite understood what it meant, but I think of it now as as basically referring to uh, lying. I, I now interpret it to mean, and I know this is a misinterpretation of what he meant, but when I hear it, I always think it means humans cannot always tell the absolute truth. Uh, we have to finagle, we have to conceal, you know, if it's politics, we have to, as they say, make strange bedfellows. We cover up. We tell white lies. And, of course, the other thing we do uh, is tell an absolute evil lie right in the face of someone whom that lie will affect. We do that. Humans do that. And a fairly regular, on a fairly regular basis. Uh, and I think, uh, I think back... Uh, you know, just going back to the sort of the flip side, the non-funny um, side of the uh, that that the nice exchange that I had with the woman at the chip truck. Uh, but it's a commonplace that a partner will betray another, not only betray another partner. That's bad enough. Betray, you know, have an affair basically, and uh, but then to lie about it. Uh, even when you're sort of face down, faced, faced about it, um, uh, that's really something. There's another film that's also another one that's really uh, excellently done called In the Company of Men. And uh, it's a little known film, but uh, pretty, 
again, it's it's in the most innocuous of circumstances in a certain kind of way. It's basically these guys who have sort of been dropped into a city to finish off a little work, you know, businessmen kind of thing. And two of them decide that they're going to um, uh, you know, pretend that they're in love with this woman and woo her and, and lie to her and everything like that. And there's a scene, uh, I don't know, about three quarters of the way through where the the guy whose idea this is, the basically the, the sociopathic guy, the other guy, his friend, was kind of just dragged into it. But the sociopathic guy sort of just, he's on the, on the bed with the woman and uh, he, she's saying, uh, oh, I know it's, I know it's just a, a game that you've been playing. And he's at the point where he's still, you know, trying to get out of it. But what do you mean? I'm not sure what you mean. And, and uh, eventually he just laughs and says, fuck it. Yeah. How does it feel? You know, just right to her face like that. It's pretty. It's a pretty harsh thing to see, and uh, uh, yeah, quite amazing. So, anyway, those are my thoughts on lying. The main point I want to make is that um, writers need to be able to tell what they want to tell. These are writers in any form, medium, whatever. And if we're living in a culture where that is discouraged uh, or, or where there's real consequences for not saying what you want to say, uh, that is, by definition, not a, not a good thing. Uh, I don't want to get too overdramatic about it, but it's not good for culture. It's not good for democracy. It's certainly anathema to freedom of expression. And if an artist doesn't have freedom of expression, then, uh, then there's no point in being an artist. You need that freedom. So I'll leave it there. Uh, thanks very much again for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you need uh, more information about the podcast, go to uh, editingwriting.ca and you'll get all sorts of information there, including links to how you can contact me if you want to. Uh, we'll talk again soon.